Fingerprints of Brief podcast here at Fishbowl Radio Network. Um, it's funny, I told Victor, our producer, that nobody knows, with the exception of one or two people, that I've launched my podcast. It has been a dream of mine since I did radio uh, in Dallas uh, pre-COVID to have uh, my own podcast again. And originally, I was going to do a podcast called Behind the Scenes, and I wanted to go behind the scenes of entertainment and authors and music. And then the more um, I started marinating on it, I um, had had a name in my mind for a book anthology that will be coming soon called Fingerprints of Grief. And many people that know me know that I've written... um, I'm in two books that have been published as Amazon bestsellers, and the first one was a book called Shift, and I want to spell it S-H-I-F as in Frank T, because it sounds like I'm saying something else. Shift Happens with Cheryl Paulette Williamson, and that was about my near-death experience with toxic black mold, which is something we'll talk about, you know, throughout some of the episodes with some experts that I have because I think it's important uh, in in this journey. And then the second book was um, called uh, Soul Source, S-O-U-L Source, and um, that was also by Cheryl. And we talk about... um, we talk about uh, facing grief with God's grace, and I wrote that story about my mom, and and, um, and all my friends on Facebook and Instagram know that my mom passed away on March fifteenth, two thousand, or March 29th, two thousand fifteen, and um, you know it was very uh, a pivotal point in my life. And so, um, as you go on your journeys of grief, the only way out is through. And so, fingerprints of grief is something I reference in the book. In my story, I talk about because we are all unique, I forget how many billion of people are on the earth, um, not one of us have the same fingerprint. So we are all uniquely made, and we are identified by our own imprint, which is our fingerprint, that no one else in the world has. And that's how I view grief, is we um, all process it differently. We all um, are on an individual journey with it. It is an uninvited guest that we um, did not invite into our lives, and um, it it never leaves because once you have a loss, whether that is a loss of a loved one, um, it could be a divorce, it could be the loss of a pet, it could be a loss of a dream, it could be an illness, um, it could be a separation, um, you know, it could be uh, whatever you know, something that meant something to you, that, that you lost, a relationship, a girlfriend, boyfriend, um, that is part of the grief process. And um, so in almost 10 years, I've decided that uh, one of my, I feel like kind of my spiritual calling now is to um, talk about it. And to I've been very active in several 
private Facebook groups um, on grief throughout the last 10 years. And um, what I hope for this show is I'll have some great guests. I have one of my dearest friends that we're going to introduce in a moment. Um, this man has, has dealt with incredible loss of his loved ones and and some in very tragic ways and we we're going to talk about that with him and the thing that i think that leaves the most impactful imprint on us is that um we have two choices when we lose someone or something or the death of a dream we can sit and we can we obviously are going to feel that acute grief, the cr what I call critical care grief, where it just happened. You're in shock. You, you're you not sure what to do. Your whole body is numb. You can't quit crying. Um, that's the acute critical critical uh, ICU unit, so to speak, for the hospital. And then we get to stable condition. And stable condition is, okay, we're still numb. We're still crying. We're still... Um, hurting deeply but we're starting to eat again we're starting to maybe go for a walk again you know you're starting to put that toe back in the water of life and then you get into where you're you know you're in good condition and and you know that can take three years it can take four years i think for me it was probably a good going on two and a half to three years before i felt like i could be from stabilized to maybe uh not in the hospital anymore, if that makes sense. So there's going to be a lot of nuggets that we're going to go through. There's so many different perspectives on grief. Um, we're going to be bringing you a live show from Vegas in a couple weeks at the Super Bowl with Dr. Aaron Shannon, a world-renowned uh, psychologist and energy healer. Um, we've got athletes, authors, uh, you know, I call everyone's individual stories. And, um, and one of the guests we have coming soon is dealing with family alienation um, after the loss of her daughter. So there, we all, none of us get out of here alive. We know that. But, you know, as Greg Laurie says, Pastor Greg Laurie says, uh, if you don't know him, he's a great pastor. He's like, we all want the 100-year plan. We all want to lay down, go to sleep, live to be 99, nine and a half years old. And we want to lay down, go to sleep pass away peacefully and wake up in heaven wouldn't that be wouldn't that be joyous but that's not the way life works so um yeah so i just uh, have felt this calling and i decided um fishbowl radio network and i have been tangoing about uh, a podcast for three years and um i called sylvie the the owner and said uh, i'm ready to go and i really haven't shared it with a lot of people and so uh we are we are we are taking off today we are taking flight and i'm putting my fingerprint um down here at fishbowl radio network and i'm very very excited so with that being said the song that you heard when the show opened is a song that um has special meaning for me. Uh, when my mom was sick, my beautiful mom passed away. She was 62 years old from cancer, esophageal cancer. And, um, you know, nobody wants to hear the C word. And I'll never forget the day when we heard it from the doctor. And my mom was a warrior. She was a fighter. She was determined to beat it. She had had cancer twice before and beat it. And so, you know, I, I looked at her as superwoman. She was going to beat it. And so as we're going through this journey, I, I'm not sure how I was led to this song, but it's Whitney Houston. I didn't know my own strength. And I encourage you for any loss that you've had or, you know, if you're going through 
a time when you're feeling lonely, you're, you know, you just went through a breakup, you, whatever it is, whatever valley that you're in in life, I feel like that song is so powerful because, you know, it, it gets right down to the bottom root of, I was not built to break. I used my faith. If you're a believer, maybe you're Jewish, maybe you're agnostic, maybe, you know, grief um, doesn't have a religion. Um, grief does not have an ethnicity to it. Um, grief is universal. And so um, I encourage everybody to to Google, I didn't know my own strength by Whitney Houston. Look at the words. They're very, very powerful. I couldn't listen to that song for um, probably three years without breaking down and literally crying for an hour. Um, because I, I would go in the bathroom when I put mom to bed and we would take her feeding tube off for the night when she was in her most acute uh, pre preparation to pass. Um, and I would just lose it. I'd go in the bathroom. I'd turn that song up as loud as I could. I'd turn on the shower. Sometimes I didn't even get in the shower. I just cried for, for a long time because I was holding everything in that I was feeling. But I didn't want my mom to feel my fear. I didn't want her to fear feel that I was scared. I wanted to encourage her. I was her champion. I wanted to make her laugh. I wanted to make sure that she didn't um, feel pain uh, one more second than she had to. So, you know, for caretakers, and that's a whole other journey that we'll talk about soon because we're going to have Miss Pat on um, with her nonprofit about respite care. You know, that's a whole other journey for uh, someone when you're the caretaker 24-7 and then that person passes away um, or that person, you know, get, you get divorced and that person leaves and you don't have that 24-7 hands-on motion and activity anymore it it stunts you you feel like like I remember when my mom passed I sat for uh, six hours I sat in the hospital by myself my family left and I sat in the hospital chair for six hours because I didn't know what to do and I say I didn't know what to do is because I had been caring for her for 10 months 24-7. I left my career. Most Many people may not know that. I work for Mark Cuban Networks, um, Access TV, which it is today, from HDNet, HDNet Movies, and Magnolia Pictures. And it was one of my favorite jobs and an honor in my life to work with Mark. Um, but I quit my life to be with her to take care of her because she, you know, I was never going to get that time back. And so with that being said, it's um, I didn't know what to do after they the, the funeral home came and took her. I didn't know what to do. And I just, I froze for six hours until um, probably nine o'clock the next morning. And she passed at one thirty-two a.m. So with that being said, I just think I, we're going to go on a journey together. And um, many of you may not know, or maybe you do know, um, I'm a big Anderson Cooper fan. I've been watching CNN for many years. Um, I'm an independent, so I'm not, you know, the far left liberal. If somebody's like, oh, my God, CNN, they think that's a curse word. It's not. Um, it's not. Um, so, but he has launched a podcast. Um, and, and you know, he's had, I've read his, his book, and he's had a lot of tragedy in his life. His brother uh, jumped from a Manhattan um, uh, building in front of his mother, Gloria Vanderbilt, 
when he was young. He was not home at the time. Um, his father had passed away when he was young, um, and he suppressed that, and that was a big part of why he decided to go into um, journalism so he could get on flights and go to war-torn areas and not have to deal with his grief. Um, and then, you know, years later, his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt, passed away, and he comes out in the podcast, and he talks about, I suppressed my grief since I was a 10-year-old little boy, and it has not been healthy for me. And he understands that the outlets that he chose, whether that be his career, whatever it was, was not healthy. And so he decided in his podcast called All There Is with Anderson Cooper, he decided, I'm going, I got to address it. So it's really, really poignant. And when he interviewed um, Stephen Colbert, that's another episode that I would encourage you to watch on YouTube. I think Stephen Colbert has probably one of the healthiest um, perspectives on grief. So so yeah, so here we are, Fingerprints of Grief, Fishbowl Radio Network. I'll be live every Friday from 5 to 6 Central. Um, you can watch us on uh, Fishbowl Radio Network. Uh, Facebook, which I just realized I need to share so you guys uh, know that I'm here. But you all can also go to Fishbowl Radio Network and you can watch it live uh, right now as I'm watching myself talk. Um, so with that said, I want to introduce my guest. I'm really excited uh, for him to be here uh, on the phone. We're going to bring him in professionally and live soon. Um, but today we, we want to welcome my dear friend, uh, Kenny the Shark Gant. Many of you know him from the World Championship Dallas Cowboys. God, I know that's a sore subject right now. Um, but yes, you know, he's from the team that won the last championship however many years ago. Um, he won Super Bowl um, uh, 27 and then Super Bowl 28 both over the Buffalo Bills and he played college football at Albany State University. He also um, is uh, a philanthropist. He started um, his charity. Uh, m many of you, if you're in Dallas, know that Kenny has a wonderful golf tournament. Uh, he has one in California, one in May uh, in Dallas, one in California. Um, he's very popular, and um, he's launching his own um, virtual on-demand merchandise site very soon that I've helped him with. So I'm really excited. Kenny, welcome to... The first episode of Fingerprints of Grief. Hey, welcome. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Kim, for um, on your expressing your being open and, and vulnerable to um, share your your um, experience uh, with your mother. Um, um, I'm feeling it's heartfelt um, dealing with some grief that I had in the and just recent as a couple of weeks ago. So um, yes. looking forward to just, just diving in. And let's see how we can help somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, Kenny, you... Um you're one of my dearest friends. We, 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 and I'm so, I'm so thankful for that. Um, one of the things I think that we both do well is we're authentic with people. And we don't get caught up in the... Hollywood isms or the you know flashy sports celebrity type 
things because we've both been around it in our own way differently, right? So, absolutely. But the thing I think that we bonded on is that you had just moved to Dallas uh, from Florida, and yes. uh, you had we. I was uh, on the board of the NFL Alumni Dallas chapter at the time. And um, we had not met at all. And then right. we just started talking. And it was like, how can I help you get connected? How can I get, you know, you need to come here. We need to get you to golf. And so we just formed this yeah. amazing friendship. And Absolutely. I'm thankful for that. Why don't you go ahead, um, just tell a little bit about your journey um, you know, you're, you're, I want you to talk about your charity, but you've had more than anyone I know, you have had more loss yes. than anyone I know, maybe you and Drew Pearson combined. Wow. Because of, yeah. So, so let's talk about, I mean, at what point when you were younger, what, at what point did you experience your first loss of your sister or someone else prior when you started started working through that process? Oh, man. Well, the, the, the process began, um, I didn't have that I can think of uh, many deaths, even growing up, you know, in an early age, um, through the teens. Um, I started really um, um, the grief dealing with grief around on all one I lost was my grandfather when I was a teenager, my dad's father. And, um, it was kind of bittersweet. Um, and, and I love the way you, you broaden this, this um, the conversation cause people deal with grief, uh, differently. Um, but I was as a teenager, uh, my grandfather, which was named, my dad was named after and my oldest brother's named after, He's a third, but he was, he was hard nosed. Uh, and I was one of those kids. I got in trouble. I was scared to get in trouble, but, um, if somebody was going to get in trouble, nine <laughs> times it wasn't me. Because, <laughs> of course, I don't know if I need to say this on the air, but I know for a fact I got what they call whoopings some people call them spankings but. yeah no back then they were whoopings i mean i got a whooping with the belt my mom wasn't scared to do that yeah so my dad was a disciplinarian uh, grew up in a pentecostal church and one thing that was in my heart as a young man that uh, i didn't deal with people treating other people mean what i considered mean um and, if, and I knew the difference between mean and disciplineship. So my grandfather just was doing crazy stuff. Uh, we go out to his country home and um, where by the time the day was over after Thanksgiving or whatever, if you hear him make a sound like, this is my house. Oh, gosh. We knew it, we knew it was time to go. It's better to go. Yeah, get out back in the it, woods, right? Yeah, so it was, and and to be honest with you, um, and I'm writing this in a book, but there was actually guns, gunshots. Wow. Gun, he, so my where I've seen my dad had to throw him out to the front of the yard, the lawn, because when he started, and we had to be, load up in the cars, let everybody back out and go, 
and we was the last car. My dad would have to throw him out in the yard um, where he would run back in the house. And by the time we get in the car and head down the street, you heard gunshots. Wow. And, you know, all ducking down. So at that funeral, at his funeral, um, I had some other uh, incidents with him because he ended up staying with us, you know, around my junior, senior year in high school. You know, by the time he was getting ready to pass away, um, and he said some things to me that, you know, my dad never cussed at me and he cursed at me and and uh, said some things that I was very sensitive to people just being mean. Like I knew the difference between discipline and mean. And he did some stuff. And so at the funeral, I really didn't grieve. I was one of those kids that was a people that was really... Um, really in a place where we didn't um, I was the only person probably with a dry eye in that funeral mm. and to be selfish and to be honest um, some people may feel like me I was I was literally happy for him to go yeah I, I mean listen that that doesn't you know, you think about a lot of people that my mother, I mean, my own mother, you know, with her with her brother, there's a lot of violence in that house, and uh, her father was an alcoholic. I didn't know until I was 18 the hell that my mother lived with, and it's no wonder my mom got pregnant when she was 15. That's a big part of it. So, um, you know, when Uncle Bobby died, she 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 felt nothing, she said, and and I think people... People think, oh, shame on them or whatever, but that's not true. We we can't we can't impress what we feel about other people. Like that's a personal right. relationship with ourselves and God yeah. and whoever you believe in and your in right. your own conscience. But no, I mean, listen, I understand. Yes, and it's, it's and that's the only time. And and I think there was a pivot. When I had the opportunity to go off to Albany State, um, just being in a Pentecostal home, uh, going to church every week, and, and it still bothered me that I felt that way at his funeral uh, because I was young. But I still, my feelings was was real, and um, right. And what happened uh, when I went out to college? One of the things that really dug a, a hole in me that I wasn't home when my grandmother, my mom's mom passed and she was the pastor of our church. And at the time, and she was the opposite of my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, sweet, loving, um, just, the, I, I can still remember, uh, as she got older, taking her up the steps, she was like, for us to take her up the steps <laughs> we'd go to the church and we just, just pick her up she said oh, put me down put me down and we just we just <laughs> had and and here's another side of grief from the first one i was not able um to make it home to her funeral and that, that dug a hole in my soul for the longest yeah um, yeah you never 
And if, you know, we talk about grief, if you don't ever deal with it, it just lingers on and just eats at you. Yeah. Um, and it took me a long time to, and then, you know, I lost a couple of classmates. Uh, one guy that um, I played basketball with in high school uh, ended up, you know, while I was in college. And we were very close. We used to go out, um, hang out sometimes. And uh, Jeff, and I remember him, they said it was uh, suicide, but it was it was more of they playing Russian roulette, and he just ended up, you know, getting the oh bullet to the gosh. head. And, That's so you know, yeah. You know, as a young man that uh, emotional, and I thought I was uh, um, low self-esteem in a sense that you know we didn't have. I didn't think we had what everybody else had, and that's another side of grief. You know, I didn't think we had the best, but I knew my parents gave us what, what they, they had. Well, that's right. They, you had, you didn't have everything you wanted, but you had everything yeah. you needed. And I think, and Kim, uh, to be, and not to even dilute what you just said, they gave us at the time. I think it's just what, why we don't have everything here. It's, why they, why it's all they knew, everything. right, Kenny? That's all they yeah. knew. That's all they knew. And, yeah. Uh, and um, so that being said, um, that that's, and then while I was in college, um, my grand, my dad's mother ended up passing away. Um, so I didn't make it to that funeral. Um, so, uh, you it know, was, it was, go ahead. It was tough. One and of the I'll, things though, let me ask you this. Cause one of the things I didn't get to make it to my grandfather's funeral. And I know yes. this is going to sound, it's not callous at all, but I'll give you an example. I wit, I mean, I had to be, my grandmother was my best friend. I mean, she, she, I got a card for everything growing up. Grandma would send me Groundhog Day's cards and every Saturday morning at 7am, I don't care I, rain or shine, 7 a.m., my mother would come and wake me up and say, your grandma's yeah. on the phone, I'm going back to bed. And grandma would sit there, we'd have talks for an hour, hour and a half just about life and everything. From the time I was probably 9 or 10 all the way till she passed. She passed when I was 18, so it was devastating. And it was cancer, and she was only 60. Um, of course, I was at the funeral. But I mm -hmm. wish... I will never get the image of her viewing of her and her casket out of my head for the rest of my life. I see her there all the time. Now, I see her in other ways, obviously, but I don't yeah. want that. So ever since, you know, my mom, my mom was cremated and we had a celebration of life. My dad was yeah. cremated. We had a celebration of life. Neither one of them wanted a viewing. Neither one of them wanted that. And I've had a couple really good friends over the years that we were close for 25 years and then you know you lose touch except through facebook and text i yes. i i i couldn't go to the funeral man i just couldn't do it i yeah. i had to i wanted to pay my respects and i yes. did that in my own way with the family but i physically emotionally and mentally for at least five years after my mom passed away, I could not step foot in a funeral home, and I did not want to go to a funeral. Absolutely. 
I've I've had that um, sentiment exactly because um, it was more of a as I begin I got drafted out of college so that those three or four deaths the only thing I had really dealt with at the time mm-hmm. um, so to be um, to be honest I didn't really know how because I had end up I was in college so I wasn't able to make it uh, right home you didn't really know those, how to process it and know how to process it and yeah. then all of a sudden, I get drafted by the Cowboys, and um, <laughs> Victor's happy. He's the only one that, smiling right now when you said that because America's not. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> After that game last week, I mean, that's a sore word in this country right now. But anyway, it, it, that was that's a whole nother episode of grief, Kenny. We'll, we'll, we'll do a new episode of Grief about the Cowboys-Packers game. <laughs> now, that, that will be a, a whole separate well, well, we're going to have to do that because that is a form of grief. I mean, really, there are people seriously <laughs> grieving what happened. Uh, and then dug a hole in them three or four days later and said the coach is going to stay. You know, oh. it, it, you know oh. they make they, – they the ones make those decisions, but those people – Wanted some heads to roll. You but know? you know, and, and lastly, I'm going to say, because we're going to go back to you, but let me just tell you, when I watch McCartney, McCarthy's press conference, I don't know if he did it spontaneously or if the PR agency of the Cowboys wrote it. But when he said, we have a championship mentality, <laughs> we, we are building, we are a champion. Uh, we're a championship team. We just have, and I'm sitting there going, you are sticking your foot in your mouth again by saying the entire crux of why everyone is so upset because you can't get past the first round for the last five years. Now you weren't here for five years, but prior to that, prior to that. And, um, you're like, but we're a championship team. No, you're not. (laughs) We're not a championship. I was on a championship team. Yes, you were. Yes, yes. So, somebody, somebody experienced those championship teams. They don't want to hear that. Right, right. Well, now I saw a meme. It was so cute, Kenny. There was a meme of Grandpa sitting with his grandson, asking him about what's a Super Bowl, and it was Mm. so cute because the grandpa would be like, you know, it's like saying I walk through twenty feet of snow to get to school, or I used to pay a quarter for a hamburger at McDonald's, you have y'all's team, the last to ever win a Cowboys <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. And at some point, these young kids don't even know, they don't, they're like, what? 19 what? <laughs> what, what was that? 19, what is that? <laughs> um, one of the best I've seen thus far, by far, made me laugh for about 30 minutes. And that it's hard to do that. I can laugh all day, but thirty minutes straight. There was one with a guy talking to uh, Roger Staubach. Yeah, and he asked him, "Do you think your team um, would beat um, the team that played um, the other day?" They said, "He said yes." 
but I think it'll be closer game. It'll <laughs> probably be a score of ten to seven. Yeah. And, and the only reason it'll be ten to seven because we're in our seventies and eighties now. <laughs> So this game brought to you by Depends and Geritol. Yeah. Your sponsors for this game is Geritol and Depends. Um, so, Kenny, I'm excited because we're, we're going to do a part two with you. We've, we've got five minutes, but I, I want to tell everybody, because what we're going to dive into, um, maybe, I don't know, next Friday we'll get off the phone and coordinate, but I want to bring you in studio here. Um You've, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. No, we're good. This is this is a beautiful part about this. Listen, this is a, a living, breathing show. I, I, I listen. We're talking about feelings. We're talking about emotions. We're talking about things yes. that are that are important. So I'm not going to treat this like a live television show where we got to go to break and all that. Like I didn't even take a break today because this is too important. So we're going to bring you back and do a part two. Before yes. we let you go, tell everyone about your charity real quick. And what you have coming up, because of your golf tournament, your next golf tournament, so everybody knows how to find you and follow you. Okay. You can follow me at Shark 29 Charities. Um, and you can uh, just check us out. Um, and, I, and I think you shortchanged me earlier, which is you did by the, by no, no means of your heart or your mind. It's just that um, in the midst of, having and we do a tournament on um and i i how i house and try to protect women of domestic violence that's right very important domestic violence is your cause it dear it's dear to my heart and we'll talk about it later i don't want to give it away yeah but, we're going to talk um, about that in part two yes and um but not only is the women um wives sisters uh, mothers um, that are affected, or or even husbands or brothers. Some men, um, I've I've dealt with two two to three men on a level of um, domestic violence. But uh, one thing is dear to my heart, and I know you too, Kim. It's it's a lot of kids get displaced because of domestic violence. Oh, absolutely. We have a crisis and, on our hands with that right now. Yes, and I I try to do my small part in the earth realm that God has allowed me to do and, and put it on place in my heart like he does you with grief and to do what I can do the most that I can do because I tell people all the time when I when I do die, we talk about grief, I don't want to leave with gifts left inside of me that I didn't yeah. give back to the Yeah. Well, because we both know as believers that our entire entity, it's not really about us ever. It's about yeah. what we're doing here to help others. Yes, it helps others. And my wife, it took my uh, a minute for my wife to figure out, where are you going today? You got to go somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if she thought I was going out somewhere, but I, I literally go around town. I'm talking and telling people my story um, just so I can get some people to um partner with us yep. um, to 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 further this vision and um yep and actually and i'm going to surprise you with something cuz i have i have a couple sponsors for you already that we're going to oh, talk oh, about oh, offline that i've already got somebody that wants to partner with you and that's celebrity chef carlos brown who you'll meet soon oh thank you lord yes um, i'm looking forward to doing part 2 and meet my guy over there um, <laughs> 
And I got to say, I apologize because I'm not really savvy. Don't you apologize one minute. That's why. Yeah. Because I'm personal. You know how I am, Kim. I'm very personal. So I love to be and meet the people that produce this and be able to love on them. And if I got something to give, on pictures or whatever, I would love to, to to give that to as well. Yeah, we're we're totally. So we want to we want to do a shout out. We're gonna um we're gonna close the show today. Make sure yeah. that you go to Facebook and I have fingerprints of grief the Facebook page. So please go yeah. uh, like and follow that. Go to Shark Twenty Nine Charities to follow Kenny. Yeah. And when part two comes, Kenny will have a new Instagram page and he will yeah. have a new fan arc site and. You you will be able to go on and purchase some of his super dope merchandise that i mean the shark stuff coming you guys is so cool uh one more, yeah one just this one it's two more well it's it's all in one so with the shark 29 charities uh golf tournament the shark shootout it, it'll be may 13th here in dallas okay and then april 15th in Bakersfield, California, and thank you, Lord, I have a third one going April 22nd, the following week, in Scottsdale, Arizona. So that's amazing. I'm I'm busy, and I'm 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 so looking forward to the people that are my help, um, and I'm looking forward to and just say thank you, Lord, for giving me the strength to to keep moving and and do what He's called me to do. Well, and we have to give a shout out to your beautiful wife because, you know, there, we can't do everything alone and you're blessed to have an yeah. amazing partner who thinks the world of you yeah. and you of her. So we're, we're, we love that. And I think just, um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, so guys, Fingerprints of Grief will be back here next Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central. You can follow us, um, on the, uh, Fishbowl Radio Network Facebook page. They have Instagram, Spotify. This, uh, episode will be on all the podcast platforms. You can go to Fish Radio Network, FBRN.us for the website. The new show will be up uh, soon. Uh, we will also be putting this on YouTube. And um, and then excited to announce that we already have uh, TV streaming rights for Fingerprints of Grief. And we will wow. be on um, DB Television, which is seen in over 300 million homes. Um and it is going to be launching in two weeks there. So I'll share that. I'm very excited. Thank you, David Bruner, a dear, a dear friend of mine who owns that network. So you'll be able to go to Roku. You'll be able to go to Amazon uh, Fire. And you'll be able to go to all the apps on Samsung LG. And then soon on another platform. So with that being said, Kenny, I love you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so and, much. Uh, yeah, and thank you guys. Uh, I know most of you didn't know I was here, so you'll see me live on my Facebook page. You can check it out, and you'll see a lot more coming very soon. So in the meantime, thank you to Sylvie. Thank you to Fishbowl Radio Network. Thank you to Victor, our producer. Um, and, you know, let's just take a moment to, as we close out and we think about the people that we've lost um, physically, um, you know, let's find the gratitude. It's hard to do sometimes, but that we were, we're grateful to have some of them in our lives some of them maybe you're not and that's okay because there's a lot of pain maybe that's that's built around that so this journey here is unique it's not cookie cutter we are not rule books it is a, a living breathing uh, journey and so I'm very excited to uh, to get to know you guys and to share this part of us because we don't 
we don't typically talk about this and I think it's too important to not talk about it because we're going to learn from each other and we're going to learn how to process and get through and be encouraged and laugh and find hope and redemption and uh, grace again. So thank you so much. You guys have a great night, a great weekend, and we'll see you here next Friday night. Lost touch with my soul I had nowhere to turn I had nowhere to go Lost sight of my dream Thought it would be the end of me I, I thought I'd never make it through I had no hope to hold on to I, I thought I would I didn't know my own strength And I crashed down And I tumbled But I did not Crumble I got through all the pain I didn't know my own strength Survived my darkest hour My faith kept me alive I picked myself back up Hold my head up high I was not built to I got to know.